You're listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Adam Rosen. I'm a fellowship-trained, board-certified orthopedic surgeon who specializes in knee replacement. Here I'll talk to you about common knee complaints and other orthopedic issues. We'll cover other important health-related topics, all of which are meant to helpfully answer some of your questions and help improve the quality of your life. Thanks for listening, and on with the next episode. Hello and welcome back. This is Adam Rosen, and you're listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. In today's episode, I want to try to answer a question that I get asked very commonly, and it's, am I too old for a knee replacement? And that's a you know, very smart, reasonable question, but something that I get asked a lot. Um, and it's not a simple answer, as you can probably imagine. Um, so it's pretty complex, and I always talk about, you know, age is just a number. Age is just one potential risk factor. So for example, if I have somebody who's 90, lives alone, independently, no cane, no walker, no health conditions, maybe takes a multivitamin and a baby aspirin, that person's risk may actually be lower than someone who's 70 that has diabetes, obesity, has already had a heart attack, multiple stents, um, and has already limited you know, with their breathing and on a walker. So that, that person as a patient actually may have higher risks than a person just because they're older. Um, but it's it's an interesting discussion because I had a run a bunch of years ago where I seemed to be operating on a ton of 90-year-olds. And, you know, I really wasn't sure if that was a good idea um, because we like to do things based on science. Now, in the past few years, there's been a ton of studies that have come out that have looked at 80-year-olds and 90-year-olds and how they fare with joint replacement. Um, and as you can imagine, you know, as people get older, the risks do slightly go up based on age. And that's what we actually found is that when we looked at our 90-year-olds, we actually found that if you were in your 90s compared to a group of patients in their 80s or in their 70s, that the risks of orthopedic complications, meaning of the joint itself, um, things like infections, fractures, dislocations, was all pretty similar. However, The risk of medical complications was about three times greater where things like urinary tract infections and pneumonia and um, other things that may even bring people back to the hospital like anemia and weakness, um, that is higher. Now, what's interesting is if you look at just 90-year-olds living in America, a lot of those patients just living at home without surgery have a greater risk that they may be hospitalized for some medical problem or complication. So it wasn't statistically greater than people just living in the community in the same age group. But when you compare it to people in their 80s and their 70s, the risks do go up. So the oldest person that I ever operated on for an elective total knee replacement, she was 97. You know, and and we talk about longevity. You know, the other common question we always get asked is, you know, how long is this implant going to last? You know, 20, 30 years. Well, that doesn't matter to a 97-year-old. And, you know, some would ask, well, why are you operating on a 97-year-old? And, you know, to be honest with you, it was someone that I knew well, that I took care of her for years because she had arthritis and she was in her 90s and she didn't want surgery, which was reasonable. And we did cortisone injections when pills failed. And then she started to use a cane because the knee was getting worse and deformed. And then it was getting worse and the cortisone stopped helping and braces didn't work and she was on a walker. And the knee got worse and worse and worse. And she was a fall risk and in pain and basically said, I don't want to live the rest of my life in a wheelchair. You know, and this is a lady who otherwise was healthy and only took a baby aspirin once a day. So, you know, the risks, when you look at the balance, risks and benefits for this person 
in her mind and in my mind and after discussions with her, you know, doctors, we all felt that, you know, she was safe enough to undergo the surgery and she did great um, because she had very severe arthritis. And that's the other important thing is when we look at outcomes, we look at what's the level of activity or the demand on the patient because there's just a little bit of bias. You know, when someone's younger, even if they have medical problems like diabetes and heart disease and pulmonary diseases and things like that, you know, they may have mild, moderate, severe arthritis but they're not using a cane, they're not using a walker, they may be still working if they're younger, um, and they want to do more and travel more, and their demand is going to be a lot higher. And if someone's, you know, 85, 90, you know, their expectations are they just want to be able to walk from their bedroom to the bathroom. You know, if they live in an assisted living community, they want to walk to the dining hall. You know, maybe they live independently and they just want to stay independent. You know, it's rare, but I do get some patients in their 90s that still are quite active. You know, they might play golf, but they take walks and do exercise classes. But, you know, they're definitely not walking 15,000 steps a day. They're not working. Um, you know, they're not going to, you know, long trips and and doing things that are excessive um, for a 90-year-old and someone that you would say is quite normal in a, in a 60-year-old. Um, now, the only, you know, differences that you know, we consider obviously, and it's not terribly different, but you just want to make sure that if you're operating on someone who's older, that you make sure that you've checked everything. We always talk about, you know, kind of dotting our I's and crossing our T's with everything, but even more importantly with our older individuals, because as we get older, we live on a very narrow precipice. And, you know, if someone's younger, they can have a significant shift in their blood count, fluid status, you know, activity, things like that, breathing status. But if someone's older, they have a lot less wiggle room, you know, and and you have more of these fluid shifts or breathing issues. And it's a lot more difficult for that person to bounce back. So I definitely make sure with my older patients that we make sure that they get them into their primary and any specialist that they need to see. Um, and making sure that this patient is optimized for the surgery. But understand we're also talking about a biased group of, you know, 85, 90-year-olds. Why? If you're 90 and you're sick, you're not even thinking about seeing a surgeon and talking to, to them about having a knee replacement. And likewise, on the backside, if I see someone whose family brings somebody in, in a wheelchair because they're in horrible pain and they have a huge laundry list of medications that they're on and medical comorbidities and the pills stopped working and they're looking for a cortisone shot just to maybe lessen pain and symptoms, I'm not even thinking of talking to this family or this patient about knee replacement. So when we talk about older individuals that are undergoing total joint replacement, you know, these are patients that are otherwise healthy enough to walk into a surgeon's office and be interested in surgery. And their primary probably already talked to them about seeing a surgeon to consider surgery. And as a surgeon, I'm looking and talking to these patients and deciding that I think they're a good candidate for surgery. So when we talk about the patients that are having these operations, there's definitely a biased group. Now, a lot of places have gone to same-day discharge or even what we call outpatient surgery, which by definition is less than two midnights. For a lot of my older patients, um, you know, 88, 90 and above, um, I'm talking to most of them about we'll probably plan on keeping you in the hospital two nights. Now, occasionally someone does great, wants to leave, therapy's cleared them, and that's okay. Um, but these definitely are not patients that are safe for going home the day of surgery. Um, and sometimes, especially if you do surgery, say, late today and they get therapy tomorrow, they may not be ready to go home in 24 hours. So that's kind of one 
difference that we're talking about with the older patient undergoing elective total knee replacement. The other really important thing that I spend a lot of time talking to all my patients about in this age category is the idea of what's called postoperative delirium. Um, so when I meet people, you know, I'm meeting them for the first time and I'm asking questions and a lot of times they're response or the quickness in how they respond or whoever they're with family-wise, if they turn to them constantly for answers or the family member, you know, spouse or son or daughter is always answering questions. It always raises the question in my mind of, you know, does this patient have, you know, Alzheimer's or dementia or some other cognitive dysfunction? Because if you live with the patient and it's a family member, you know, as we get older, we all kind of slow and we all kind of get a little forgetful and it may not always necessarily be diagnosed and it may not even be significant enough that it requires treatment. However, when I pick up on these little subtleties, you know, I, I make sure that I mention to the patient and to the family. Um, and I also reiterate this to the provider because many of them, if they've known the patient for years, um, they may not have picked up on these little subtle changes over the past decade of whether or not the person needs a mini mental status exam or some other test to determine you know, whether or not they have some early signs or symptoms of Alzheimer's or dementia, because you come into a hospital, you have anesthesia, you have some pain medicine, you maybe don't sleep well for a night or two, and very quickly this can deteriorate into what we call delirium, which is an acute event, meaning a short-term sort of onset of can be mild, can be severe, of confusion and not knowing where they are. Occasionally they can be combative, which can place staff at risk or the patient at risk. Um, and sometimes they may have no recollection when it's over, but the important thing to understand is there is no treatment. There's no magic drug. There's no magic therapy that makes it go away. And for some people, it's quick and short-lived, and for other people, it can be longer. And sometimes, even after anesthesia, we may still see some sort of uh, dementia-type cognitive dysfunction that may be permanent. But I tell people it can be extremely scary if your loved one goes through this delirium after surgery. You know, things that we can do is making sure that we eliminate any medications that could be exacerbating those symptoms, trying to make sure that they get a good night's rest, that they are kind of counseled and we constantly reiterate who they are, where they are, what's going on, so they don't get scared and overwhelmed. And then the other question is we have to assess their safety and if, you know, they're at risk of harming themselves, you know, are there other measures that need to be in place to make sure that that patient is safe? But overall, you know, when people ask, am I too old? There is no specific age limit as of right now. Now, insurance companies may change that. Health systems may change that in the future and say, you know, if you're over this many years old, you can't have surgery. But again, the age is a risk factor that has to be taken into account with all of the other medical issues, um, but also level of activity, level of function, because if someone's severely disabled because of their arthritis and they're a fall risk and the lack of mobility increases the risk of other comorbidities and other medical problems, and sometimes the risk of surgery for that patient may actually improve their quality of life. And that's really our goal at the end of the day is to do what we can to improve somebody's quality of life and age is just a factor. So I hope that's answered some of the questions that you may have. Very, very common question that I get asked all the time, am I too old for this? You know, and the answer is no, there's not a strict age requirement as of yet. Um, so if you think this is inf important information, um, have a friend, family member, 
that would benefit, um, please pass the link on to them. If you enjoy what you're hearing, please leave a review. It helps other people like you find this podcast and get information um, like this that may help them in the future. And until next time, you've been listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. I'm Adam Rosen. Stay safe. Thanks for listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. If you've not already done so, please subscribe so you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show. I'm your host, Adam Rosen, and until next time, stay safe.